Tatiana, as parents, we sometimes tend to say phrases like, I will not raise my child like my parents, mom or dad, right? But we inadvertently fall into those patterns. Why is this the case? I think it's because it's all we know, right? So I, I say this to all the clients or all the parents that I work with. I mean, kids don't come into this world with a manual, right? As awesome as that would be, right? And so a lot of times parents, when they've gotten to that point in their life, the only type of parenting they've been exposed to, especially if it's your first child, is the parenting you were raised around, right? Or the rules you were raised around. So as much as we try very hard to stand by the motto that, oh, we're not going to do what our parents We're going to do things different. We're going to do things differently. Your brain doesn't have very much data to support that theory for the moment to say that, you know, this is something that is going to keep your child alive, right? Whereas the statistics that showed that, you know, you survived this type of parenting is you. Right. Mm. So I work pretty well for me. Right. Yes. The fact that you're here, you know, completely, well, hopefully completely, but mostly functional (laughs) um, is, is a good testament that their parenting skills worked. And so that's kind of why I feel a lot of parents, despite their best efforts, do tend to resort to the type of parenting they were raised around. But it's not just, you know, the internet age, though. What other factors cause the generational gap between us and our kids? I think, yeah, I think part of it's also just that, especially in Malaysia, I think that there is a huge increase in kids going away for university, right? Mm -hmm. So having a different exposure, right? So I think I read somewhere the other day that, you know, there was this, there's this generation, I think from our parents' time where, you know, parents were wanting their kids to question things. They were wanting their kids to not just accept the information they were being taught. So that's why kids were being sent to different parts of the world to study. They were being encouraged to critique and analyze information in school. And so they had created a whole generation where uh, kids were a lot more curious. Kids were a lot more less willing to just accept the things that they were being taught. And so the byproduct of that is that when parenting became an issue or when parenting became something they had to explore, I assume they adopted the same analogy and started questioning whether certain things were applicable. I think, you know, internet... Uh, you know, kind of assisted with this, but there's also a lot more conversation, especially in, I'm going to say our generation, right? Because I'm closer to your age than, you know, but I think in our generation with regards to sort of the impact of certain parenting styles on children's mental health, those are the types of things that we are discussing more. And so Mm -hmm. I think that a lot more parents in our age bracket are starting to wonder whether certain practices are acceptable, certain practices are, you know, good for a child's self-confidence good for a child's you know body image issues these are all things that i think the generations before us were not discussing as much because it was something we weren't really uh, you didn't really kind of focus think about. on that yeah, yeah focus on yeah so i think there's a couple of factors but i think just different exposure and the fact that we're a lot more cognizant of how it affects kids now you know talking about sort of our parents us as parents the younger generation our parents were raised on a different set of rules and they tried to impart those rules onto us and Mm -hmm. do to some extent expect expect us to do the same to our children Mm -hmm. why is this unrealistic because you know no two people on earth are the same so even if you pass the same information down or you pass the same rules down it's up for personal interpretation it's up for us attaching ourselves to those rules differently right because we can never fully predict how a person is going to conceptualize something and so 
it's sort of like the game telephone, right? It's like passing the information down from one mm. person to another. It is very unlikely that the information will be exactly it was at the end as it was at the start. Mm. And there are a lot of personal and subjective factors that go into that. So yes, when parents do expect their children to practice, you know, 100% the same type of parenting style as them, it's unrealistic because those factors come into play. And of course, once you have, you know, once you marry someone and you have a partner, that comes from a different set of values and different background, you see those rules being adapted even more. So I think it is unrealistic to expect your parent, your child, sorry, to be a, a replica of you. Well, I mean, like, it's like the, the no screen thing, right? Mm, a lot of parents mm. are like, oh, of course, our parents said, oh, we shouldn't watch TV and everything. But that was different. Like now screens yeah. is all part of education. They have to have it, right? It's just how, the sign of the times. Precisely. Mm. And also, if you think back to even our time, the screens were not portable. Like, I couldn't pick up the TV screen from my living room. Hey, I carried my monitor all over the place. No, I didn't. <laughs> but, but you see, that's the thing that we have to factor in, right? Is that screen time is something that is so much more, if you want to call it dangerous or damaging, because it has the capacity to be portable and follow you, your kids around, right? Mm. And so there's this pattern where kids are not having to part from those devices at all. Whereas for us, it was a lot It was a lot easier. Yeah. But I think, yeah, I think that there's so much, like you said, you like nowadays, you know, I see kids coming into my clinic and I can no longer, especially during this lockdown, stand by my usual firmness when it comes to no screen time because it's a big part of how they learn, right? And mm. and how big part of how they're interacting with friends yeah, now. Yeah. So yes, I think that there are certain things that as much as it made sense back then, right, might no longer make sense for the future generation of children. So us as parents would need to adapt to that. Mm. And it's interesting how back then actually can be as short as two months ago <laughs> when we see things change so fast, yeah, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, so in a society where you know filial piety is demanded, let's be honest, yes. how does this impact the relationship between parents and their adult children mm-hmm. if these guidelines aren't followed? Unfortunately, I don't think I've seen a very positive outcome in this regard. I do know a lot of let's just say, call them the grandparents' generation, who get very, very upset with the parents' generation over mm-hmm. not following through with these rules because they tie everything to respect, right? Yes. So, And I think that that's a very difficult area to navigate for anyone who's, who's, who's got children, right? If you have parents who are very firm on certain cultural rules, and certain practices. And if you stray from that, you are going to get an earful, right? Because Mm -hmm. they don't see it as you straying from the lines. They often see it as you disrespecting their parenting style or you somehow pointing the finger at them for having done something wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's usually where a lot of the conversation tends to revolve around when you have... And I've also seen examples where parents who are able to kind of shut that out and try really hard to kind of stick to the practices or the parenting style they want to stick to. And then the minute that the child is with the grandparents, grandparents do a whole thing. Right, right, exactly, yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm all up for grandparents spoiling their grandkids. But that being said, sometimes certain grandparents take it completely to the opposite end. I've had cases where grandparents actually belittle the parents in front of the child, you know, and say things like, oh, your mommy or your daddy don't know how to do this. So you shouldn't listen to your mommy or daddy, right? Certain things that I have seen happen. Um, And that's just confusing the child you know so I I do see it as a lot of the older generation kind of taking it as a personal insult when when their children don't continue on those practices 
Mm. So I suppose then this is a bit of a loaded question, but what is the right set of rules to bring up your child with? I would say a combination of all of the above, right? Mm. I think that, I mean, I hope that I will practice this when I have a child. I haven't yet got my own. I just have all these little ones that I take care of, but, you know, they go home to their parents. But your, And your cats. And my cats, you know, <laughs> but, you know, but, but I think for me, what I would feel is the best practice is to be able to take a page out of all of it, right? Because, I mean, yes, ultimately you living and breathing is a byproduct of the fact that whatever your parents did was generally successful, right? So if there are certain things that you feel from your parents' parenting style that you believe in, you should be able to adopt that. But at the same time, if there are certain things that you want to change or your partner brings into the equation, you should be able to make a decision to change that, right? So I think it's not about ignoring your history. It's not about ignoring the future. It's kind of like putting something together that makes sense for you guys as a couple. And that is completely subjective from one couple to another, right? So that's why whenever I work with families, the first thing I always tell parents, especially when I'm coming up with a behavior plan where parents have to execute it, the first thing I always tell them is the two of you need to sit down and decide together what you want this to look like. I'm not going to tell you what it should look like because I have different principles. The both of you have to decide between the both of you, what are the rules you want your children to follow? What are the you know cultural aspects you want them to consider important? What are the certain things you want your child to do and not do, right? Once you've decided that, that's where you kind of take the step. So yeah, so kind of figuring out as a couple what's important to you, what your principles are, and going from there. But there are some rules that are just generation to generation to generation that just doesn't change. I mean, it's like yep. stuff like good manners and saying yes. hello to the elders and everything. Those yes, please those and thank gen- yous. Exactly. Those generally mm-hmm. don't change. Just like the ones that are with technology or whatever it is. Those yes, ones. So I find like the technology bit is one of the things I'm seeing quite different. Mm. The other thing that I'm actually seeing a little bit more with, I would say like the people in my generation and slightly above. So like my older cousins or like my clients, parents who are around the 30s and 40s in that age bracket, I'm seeing a lot more mindfulness over language, right? So for example, I'm seeing parents, I think... All of us would have had exposure to aunties and grandparents who are quite quick to comment about, oh, you've gotten a little chubby lately, or certain things about your appearance, right? Mm. Making these these sort of snide comments, which for some reason in Asian culture has been kind of accepted, that you always have these older people who make these comments. And I'm seeing a lot of parents in this age bracket who are a lot more aware of that type of language, right? And I think it's probably because they felt just how painful it can be for kids when these comments are thrown around. So the one of the bigger changes is that they're very mindful over language and they're often picking up or picking on family members who are making those comments. So that is something that I'm seeing more and more, right? Sort of defending the child's self-esteem and all of that. And I've actually seen some families get into scuffles because the older generation is like, oh, you shouldn't be doing this because you're giving your child a bigger hit. Mm. You know, or you're like inflating your child's sense of self, right? And so there's a lot of clashing with this age bracket. So that's definitely different. Also, just the sense of like asking why questions. I think that the older generation finds it disrespectful when kids ask why or when kids challenge what they're saying or what they're asking their ch- the child to do. Whereas the newer generation of parents I'm seeing is quite happy to entertain a child's curiosity and is quite happy to get the child to understand why certain rules are in place, why certain disciplinary actions are being given to them, right? And so that's a very huge, huge change, I think. 
I think also thanks to these times, very huge changes uh, in mental health is being talked about. Yeah, 100%, mm. right? And so I think parents are more willing to come in and bring their kids in for an assessment, whereas mm. the older generation might not have. Mm. How does the wrong set of rules affect the mental state for both parents and children? Because, see, I think that when you take on this approach, when you take on this standing that as a parent or as a grandparent, you can say whatever you want to say and that and the, the person receiving it should not have to take offense or should not get hurt by it. I think that that's something that I feel we really need to part away from. There's also this very, very archaic belief that children don't get affected by the things you say or that children don't get affected by mental health issues. And so when you take on this approach that just because I am at the top of the hierarchy, that I am able to say you know, derogatory comments, I'm able to call you certain things all in the name of teaching, if you will, mm-hmm. it's not something that people walk away from very well, right? What will probably happen and what we are starting to see is children who are raised in that environment do develop a lot of very poor sense of self, their self-image, do walk away with some consequences to their mental health. And if these individuals or these children grow up to then parent, those mental health issues don't go away. It Mm. affects how they then parent the child. Becomes a generational problem. It becomes a generational trauma that they pass down from one generation to another, right? So certain insecurities, certain concerns then get sort of blown up in the next generation. So I've seen certain families, for example, I think the most common for, for women is the comment about your physical appearance, right? You're mm-hmm. often getting picked at for how you look. Mm-hmm. And so I've seen those children grow up and become mums and become mums who were so worried about their children becoming overweight. And so stopping their child from having sweets, stopping their child from doing, you know, calorie portioning and calorie controlling their child's meals, when that could result in, you know, deficiencies in the types of things that your child needs at that age, out of fear and insecurity over the child being picked on the way that mom was. So you see this generational trauma kind of passing down. And so that's why I feel like, you know, it kind of has to stop somewhere. We want to hopefully send the message that when an individual and their partner decides to bring a child into this world, the whole point is to be able to create a well-adjusted human being that can contribute to the rest of the it's to, not, to society. It's not you version 2.0. Exactly. You know, yeah. it's not you version 2.0 or, or fulfilling an unresolved need. But sadly, yeah. a lot of kids who don't get that support or that validation at a young age will tend to do that when mm. they have kids, yeah. Yeah, I think one big change I've seen shifting from seeing friends of mine younger with kids and then having my own and then seeing friends having kids now is the idea of good girl. Mm. Good girls do this, you know, bad girls do that. And that's shifting and changing because for me, that's kind of the wrong set of rules is identifying behavior with the child, which is changing, which is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things we're also seeing is just like gender roles, right? I think like good girls before, like you said, were the kind who knew how to cook, who knew how to sew, who knew how to clean, right? And now we're wanting to encourage girls who, yeah, you might not be able to do all those things, but you have an amazing brain and you can go and do amazing things, right? And so those are the types of things that we see definitely changing as well. Mm. Now, there are some grandparents that impose their way of raising uh, kids, but in your experience, what can you, you know, we expect to happen when children are raised in the, so to speak, old school way of thinking? 
I think they find themselves struggling to adapt with the current times, right? So I think that there are, you know, depending on what the old school way of thinking that these these grandparents are pushing onto these kids, but there's a lot of these these stereotypes and these rules that are adapting, that are changing, right? And so if a child is indoctrinated to practice these old school things, they might not be able to adjust and, and acclimate to what is being expected and demanded of them in the current time. It might affect their ability to socialize. It might affect their ability to function just day to day, right? I've seen a lot of girls who had grandparents who were a lot more conservative and who were more a big part of their upbringing, just really struggling with regards to, you know, starting conversation with other kids. But one of the biggest ones I've seen actually is there was a you know family that I worked with where the granddaughter was very much programmed to be the old school good girl, right? They were not allowed to kind of do a lot of things. They weren't taught how to do things like change a light bulb or do, because those are all boy things. Girls shouldn't do all those things. Even just those simple things. Very much you're in the kitchen, you can't really do very much else. And then this girl grew up and went to university overseas and really struggled with just those types of things because these rules don't apply anymore in the modern age, right? And I've seen some families tell their daughters that you have to get married at the age of 21 when it's not something that they want, right? So mm. I, or, or something that their education is conducive to, right? And so I think that there are a lot of these impacts that adults don't see because how I look at it is, you are leaving this world to them. I mean, yes, you can guide them for as long as you're here, but especially for grandparents, you know, your grandchild is probably going to live a longer time on earth without you than with you. And Mm. so if you're teaching them skills that apply for your time and not the time that is upon them, then who's going to guide them when you're gone? And that's kind of my biggest concern. Mm. So what would your advice be then to, you know, people struggling with their kids uh, when it comes to parenting the next generation and sort of bridging that generational gap? You know, I think that it's important for you to, the only thing that we can really expect or ask for is that you come into the situation as a parent with your own set of ground rules based on what we discussed earlier, having your own history and experience, everything that you're exposed to and how you feel, and then using that consistently to parent your child. Your child will also, like you, have their own opinions and will have their own viewpoints, right? But as a parent, especially in the formative years, where they lack the neurological maturity to be able to make these decisions, you need to be able to guide them. And once they reach a threshold, when they reach adulthood, when those opinions start to change, you need to be open to what they're having to say. I'm not asking you to change your thinking. We're not asking you to abandon your beliefs. You just need to embrace the fact that very much like you, they came to their own viewpoints and their own conclusions somewhere down the road. But maybe if your child is like 10 or 12, right, it might be a challenge because they're still a child and you still need to do a big part of that guiding right but when they've reached 18 and above and they have you know they're an adult and they can make these decisions you should be open to hearing them out and also when they have their own kids you don't become like your parents <laughs> exactly <as well. laughs> exactly yes. right yeah. yeah exactly that's gonna be a hard one because <laughs> <laughs> exactly. we've seen it all happen before right? at some point you're like oh no I've become my parents <laughs> yes I think so many people have had that moment they've been like standing there like oh my god I've become my mother or oh my god I've become my father I don't think that's ever gonna change yeah I don't think that's ever gonna change either 